The Drum Candy Podcast is brought to you by Drum Factory Direct. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome into episode 57 of the Drum Candy Podcast. This is your host, Mike Dawson, coming to you from Drum Factory Direct in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is time to go back to our 10 Reasons to Love series. I've got Tom Went and Dave Throckmorton here in my studio. And this week, we are sharing 10 of our favorite tracks by Jack DeJanette. If you are not familiar with Jack DeJanette, be prepared for a pretty wild ride. His discography is super diverse, going all the way back to playing you know, pretty straight-ahead jazz with Bill Evans and Jackie McLean, and then really kind of out-adventurous fusion music with, with Miles Davis, and then his own bands, which took that even further, and then he teamed up with uh, Keith Jarrett and Gary Peacock to form the Keith Jarrett Trio in the 80s, and then all the 90s stuff with just the absolute legends of modern jazz with Joe Lovano and Michael Brecker and et al. It's pretty wild ride. Uh, Jack is one of my personal favorite drummers, so this was a lot of fun for me, and um, hope you dig it. This episode, we are all about Jack DeJanette. I'm intimidated by this one because he is literally my favorite drummer. Um, is he your favorite drummer? Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, like, he's right there. He's right on the... He's right in the cusp of one, two. Yeah. Like I say, Elvin's the greatest drummer, but Jack's my favorite drummer. Yeah, those are my one and two. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Well, both of them are way up there for me. So. Yeah. So we did Roy Haynes, which was interesting, choosing all the different types of records we did. Last time we met, we talked about Art Blakey and how basically consistent it is. For me, choosing Jack was just as difficult for the opposite reason. Like, where do you pick? What? Yeah. Yeah, this is the one that was super easy for me. Really? Yeah, it, yeah, totally. It was kind of easy for me too, in in a way. It was challenging, yeah. but it was it was it was easier than 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 Art or Roy for sure. For Interesting. Me. So before we listen to anything, what what is your your prime era for Jack? I, I talked about this a little bit in the in the Drum Candy podcast. Like I, I tend to like um, Jack from like in the eighties newer Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean i don't like the old stuff the old stuff is great and i have tons and tons of records of that in fact i'm i was thinking about this i'm sure i probably own more records with jack on drums than any other drummer oh that's interesting probably the same i would agree looking at your collection yeah i think i think it's probably you know there's a lot with elvin too but probably more jack than anything anyone else um so my favorite era and I still like the way he sounds now, but it's probably like um, late '80s to like like the next decade to like the late '90s. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and then, what would it be for you if you had to zero in? I, I I don't know if I could choose one era in particular. I, I like I love the early stuff. Um, I, I, there's a lot from the seventies I like, and then I, I really like a lot of stuff from the late eighties through the nineties. I, I, I think if, if, if I had to choose, I think I might go with Throck. Mm-hmm. I think the nineties for me overall is probably my favorite, but I love, I love, I like hearing all of it. Which was kind of his return to acoustic jazz, right? That's how would you define it as that or not? We started playing with Keith playing a trio in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Um, 84, 83, something like that. Yeah. Early. Um, is it earlier than that? I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Something about, for me, the, the, I mean, sometimes it was a two rack tom, one floor tom, sometimes a five piece kit with, with Keith or, or the era I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was two floor toms, two rack toms. Sometimes it's four rack toms and two floor toms. <laughs> you know, usually at least four cymbals in that era. Like, like sometimes he'd play a flat and a regular ride and two crashes or a crash into China. But a lot of the times with Keith and the stuff, the videos you see, it's like, Sometimes it'd be six symbols, you know, mm-hmm. and some assortment of little bells and stuff. But like, I, I like that era for some reason. That mm-hmm. the, the the stuff he gets into with, uh, you know, I'm being redundant. I just like the way he sounds. Yeah, era, it, I think it's interesting know? that he's kind of defined as like one of the first fusion drummers. But I don't put him in that world. I've never really put him in that world in my mind either. What about you? Think? I don't think of him like that for some reason because I because I focus on this kind of. You know, from that period I talked about mm-hmm. newer, but I do love the stuff he did with Miles. I think it's really great. Right. I just don't like because I grew up 
fusion when i grew up fusion was a different thing i wasn't like coming out of like early early fusion i was mm-hmm. more like listening to stuff in the 80s and stuff sure. like that you know weather report and like like later weather report like omar weather report and you know the electric band bands like that to me that was the fusion i grew up on mm-hmm. where guys 10 years older than me or 15 years older than me they're they're chuck talking about lifetime and early weather report and early jeff beck you mm-hmm. know like like that yeah. stuff i wasn't Really yeah. hearing it. Way raw. Of, way more raw. Not yeah. quite as like, I think of fusion to me as a virtual Yeah, it got cleaner and, yeah. and slicker. Almost you know? more produced sometimes. Yeah. From, yeah. from an album standpoint. Heavily composed. Yeah. Where the stuff Jack played with Miles is like, is there even a composition? Yeah. yeah <laughs> very open, raw. Yeah. You know? Yeah, very open. And I love the stuff he did with Miles too. And I love the the early stuff with Charles Lloyd and the Blue No Records with Jackie. I mean, those are those all, are great. Those are amazing, man. Interestingly, none of us chose any of that stuff. I, you know, it's I. I was good to choose. I, I think I was good to choose Blue Fable. Uh, you know, the the from the Jackie record. But I, I figured for sure you would have taken something from the Jackie. I, record. I, for some reason, I was just drawn to other things. Mm-hmm. I love those records, though. They're incredible. Yeah. You know. Well, we're going to start with a weird choice of mine. Um, I think the record is great. It's the Bill Evans Trio live at Montreux Jazz Festival. 1968? I believe it's 68. Okay. Yep. This was, I think he was only in the band six months or something before. Not long. There was actually, there's actually a bootleg of this trio that just came out uh, recently, uh, which I've oh, heard I just some saw of. that. Yeah. But yeah. this is this is sort of the, the one everybody <clears throat> knows. That's good. So he's in the band for like six months and just, again, playing with the piano and he just, just doesn't, he's just going places. Like for me, it was just revolutionary. Because yep. Bill always plays accurate in he a does. way <laughs> he has some unique rhythmic things that he does and i've always thought that playing with bill evans would be a very unique experience because there's certain things that he does that I, I think would be very interesting as a drummer to what decisions do you make when you're you know when mm. you're playing with someone like that so for me comparing the way jack played with bill evans for the short period of time versus paul motion and everyone else it's just it's a different band oh yeah um, but in this particular track nardis which is the drum feature track the way he's soloing to me is just revolutionary. I'm kind of like, I'm a little embarrassed to say, I'm a little unfamiliar with this okay. this era. That's all right. And, and Bill's, and I've heard, I've obviously heard Bill Evans, but I've never taken a super deep dive into, into Bill, you know. Yeah. And, and I've heard little tiny clips of Jack with him, but I, I, I don't know this. So yeah. I'm well, this is just it. a chunk from his solo, and I only chose it because he hit something in this <laughs> at the end of this excerpt that... It's an otherworldly sound. I oh, think good, because one of mine has something similar. Yeah, yeah, I think he's reaching over and smashing someone's wine glass. Like it sounds, it's not what he's doing, but that's what it sounds like. I, I hope that's I, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's check it out. I've wanted to do that a few times. <laughs> yeah, it's like someone's talking. He just like, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Here it is. I remember that now. What I is he hitting? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. You know, it, it, in a way, it almost, I, I i don't know, but it almost sounds like there was a pause in his playing and somebody's glass did just go like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I remember I, that, though. I haven't listened to this record in a while, but I've... It's like he had maybe a little tiny little symbol that he only hit once the whole show. I don't know. I wouldn't put it anything past it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's always weird things like that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure that whole solo, which to me just sounds like this tidal wave of in and out. I think he's playing over the form. Or I, close to it. He probably is. I, I don't remember. I, I would need to go back and listen. Super weird. So if anyone knows what the heck he's hitting... Almost sounds like somebody's. That's crazy. I don't know. 
That's really I something. think he just hit somebody's dinner, man. That would be really <laughs> awesome if he did. That'd be incredible. <laughs> Try that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, you could. So that's a weird one to start with, but that's appropriate, I think, for Jack. What, what's yeah. the year again, roughly? 68. 68. Okay. Yeah. What was he doing before this? Charles Lloyd? Charles Lloyd, right and then he, he played with a bunch of different people. You know, he I've heard that he he played a little with Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. I can't I've imagine. heard him talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and he, he played with he, – he sort of freelancing around New York. He played with a bunch of different uh, – So he was born – 42. I think he's going to be 80 this year. Man. So would he be the same age as Tony or older? Tony was younger. Tony was younger than Jack. By by I think a year or two. Wild. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Because yeah, I believe I think I think Tony was mm. I think he was a year or two younger than Jack. Um I think. This is probably impossible for you guys to answer, but I kind of feel like Jack is like as far evolved as modern jazz can get. Is, can it be pushed beyond what he's doing? Wait for it to no longer be... Yeah, I mean, I think people do... I mean, people are definitely doing things. Yeah. <laughs> but is <laughs> it something he so, hasn't done before? Yeah, I mean, probably, but it's... I don't know, man. I think... I think you know, it's like... I, I get what you're saying. Like, he, he's... It's like, how far can you push it? How far can you push it? But people are doing... Trying different... Things. There's different little avenues and styles, little subgenres, things. That are, I'm not sure if you don't have to like it all or, or think it's all relevant or great feeling or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think people are trying stuff. I think I'm gonna end get... up going off sounding like an old like grump, but like <laughs> no, no. It, but you know, I mean, but Jack's definitely he's done a lot. Man. I think I think when you get to that level of playing, it becomes about individual personality mm. and not really who's pushing it further who's you know what i mean yeah because when i hear all these musicians their personalities are so strong and i think it becomes more about that i totally agree you know what 100%. i mean that's i mean that's just kind of my, my yes yeah, i like, know what you're saying like though. how do you compare modern artists you exactly know, they do their thing. exactly yeah i think it's it's tough to sort of say well this person's doing more you know what i mean it's just it becomes what they bring to the table yeah you know yeah well we got a strange one your first pick Chet Baker. Oh yeah. So so this is <laughs> this is another very personal sort of moment for me. So I this this is from a record, a Chet Baker record on CTI from 1974, called uh, the name of the record is uh, "She Was Too Good to Me," and it's a great band. A lot of the usual CTI Gad is on some of this record. Ron Carter, I think I think Bob James, like, and it's a great great band. And um, this is a standard called uh, "With a Song in My Heart," which is a just American songbook standard, and Chet sings it. But the moment for me, I remember when I first heard this, coming out of the melody, Chet sings it, and then he plays a trumpet solo. Coming out of the melody, the way Jack plays one on his China cymbal. I remember when I first heard it, I was like, I thought it was some sort of like effect, like some, you know what I mean? We'll play it and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> Check this out. I would live life through with a song in my heart for you. Yeah, it's burning, man. When I when I just the 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 color that he gets out mm-hmm. of that symbol, and the thing that killed me was usually unless you're riding on a China symbol and you hit it, there's an impact. Mm-hmm. Like you hear the like you hear the the the. But with that, it's almost like he just hit a button and it just went. <laughs> yeah, and it's the most perfect. Like yeah. it just launches the solo and it's swinging so beautifully. And there was nothing else in its way to like. It was so it have beautiful, and I remember thinking like that's like poetry in motion. Like, yeah, man, that's a great way to explain Jack in general. It yeah. totally is, and that. So for me, that was like the first time I heard him. I was like, "Woo, what is?" Man, I gotta yeah. admit, I've never listened to a minute of Chet Baker in my life. So <laughs> now I'm curious to check out this. Yeah, I've heard more than you, but but not not a lot either. <laughs> He's not somebody I listen to a lot, but he was a great musician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he I mean, really I didn't, I, it's not. I'm not slighting it. I just, yeah. I'm, you know, we it's only 
There's only so much time in the day. Yeah, of course. And I've of checked course. out a lot, but I, I have some <laughs> holes for sure. Oh, me too, big time. <laughs> Even within Jack, like I say, he's like my favorite kind of, and and he and Elvin probably. Um, and it's like there's hundreds of records I probably haven't even heard. I uh, know, or, or at least you know yeah. dozens and dozens. You know, but there was something about like for me this this sort of sh- was a great illustration of how beautiful his touch could be mm-hmm. because. That's a very highly developed sense of everything. What it takes to open up a yeah. China like that, it, like that. Oh, we're going to play and it as soon again. as the times yeah. hit. I was like, "Oh, oh it's man. killing! It's and right it, in it's, there." It's it's a different sound than he had in the era where I freak out over him so much. But it's still it's it's obviously Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cymbal beat everything in uh, little left hand stuff. Yes, ma'am. He's he's ridiculous. Check <laughs> that China out one more time. I would live life through with a song in my heart for you. really inside stuff for him too it sounds beautiful That's beautiful yeah i mean he could he could he could yeah, do he, that he can lay it like he can right lay down. it down and just yeah. hang in the pocket if you know those those who are watching and, and listening if you if you want to hear another great record with ron and jack check out uh, joe henderson's tetragon on milestone mm-hmm. there's a great version of uh, invitation on there where it's just anybody who 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 doesn't think jack can just really swing and and it's just beautiful. So yeah, he's ridiculous. That's another great, uh, great, great album. To when check did out. that come out? Tetragon, I think, is like seventy. I think. Okay, a little bit before this. Yeah. I need to re, re uh, I need to dig deep into those Joe Henderson records from that era again. With, with there's Jack. some good ones. Yeah, that's I have those, one. but I, I, I sleep them a little bit. Yeah, you know, they're they're great, man. They're great. So yeah, I, I, that's 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 one of my little personal favorite Jack moments on record. Yeah. Do you own a China? <laughs> I do not, <laughs> because I can't do anything like that with it, so I'm not even going to buy one. I, I have a little small one that, that's like for more like putting stuff on top uh, of like, yeah, yeah. like my Weckles shit. You know? <laughs> but, but, um, but like I had a Jack China for a second that someone gave me years ago. From oh, his, did you really? From his first series, like the, the, the oh, first edition. And I would play with this band Beam with like a... <laughs> with like a spokes on top of it, oh it was like a it was like a effect. We were know? just talking about Terry Bozio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terry Bozio was nasty boy. But like, um, I kind of love when guys play Chinas. Like yeah. I like when Roger plays a China. It's unique. I like when Ralph would play a China. Yeah, you know, I, I just, there's different ways Jack, to use them. Yeah, there's, there's. I think it's cool. Some guys use them really, really nice. You know. I mean, yeah. yeah, he kind of defined it. I mean, his cymbal sound, even there, what what is that? It's a pretty heavy ride, but it's so beautiful. It sounds great, man. Yeah. yeah. He's got an interesting... I think when those cymbals came out, it screwed a lot of people up because they were like, no way Jack DeShanet is playing these cymbals, you know? Yeah, wow, yeah. Because they're so odd. Yeah. Um, all right. Next? Pictures. Picture two. I figured somebody was... Is that's, this... Tom? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Me. Yeah. So, so again, this is, this is a real personal sort of... I didn't know you were... Into this one. Oh, I love this record. I mean, that's I thought you wouldn't be, but I'm, sh- you know. I love, I love the whole record, but, but, but picture two really made, and this was when, I, when I, I hadn't listened to this record in a while. When I went back and listened to it, I realized how much this has influenced me. This is just a, a drum solo. It's a beautiful solo. It kind of has a, a shape where he's. Is sort this of, where is this at in the track listing on the record? Is it like two, two? Because like I like the. The beginning of this record hits me harder than later in the record. That's it, yeah. One and two, like I was, so yeah. I'll, I'll know it. I just don't know. One, two, and three are probably yeah. my favorites. Okay. But, but it's, I, I just chose a, cl- you know, a, a clip of it. The thing that I love about this is a, the sound of his drums is amazing on it. And the way that he's sort of, he's just sort of, he's like a, he's like a kid playing with a ball, you know, melodically. He's playing all these beautiful melodic ideas and one's kind of leading to the next one. He can, he'll kind of, he'll kind of mess with it for a minute. Then he'll go to another one. And it's just this beautiful sort of melodic kind of linear melodic playing. And it just really, anytime I, somebody wants me to play like an introduction to a tune or something like, you know, something that doesn't have form or something. I, this is one of the things that's sort of in my in my head, yeah. which is sort of the sound of this. So it's one of my favorites. Picture two. Picture two. 
I could listen to that 24 hours in a row. Yeah. Honestly. There's something so beautiful about it, you know, and like all the little subtle things that he's getting a little dead sticking into the head sometimes to change the tone and everything. It's just, it's very, very musical and, and beautiful. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. Man, anyone who has ever watched me play drums, that's all what I want to do is that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do that too. Who's going to hire me to do that? <laughs> I mean, it's just so good. In the, in the way his drums sound, the way he has them tuned, there's just a, a beautiful clarity, you know, to that. And I, I, that's something I, I strive for is clarity when I play. Mm. And that, to me, that's t- such a beautiful example of, of, of that. I think somewhere in that video, he that instructional video, he talks about the drum kit and the orchestra, like what yeah. it is, what, oh, it's yes. what that's they right. represent. And it's and he plays that thing with some Berimba Mallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Goodness, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great record. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it's a good one. I had to not choose from that one, honestly. <laughs> um, oh, this is mine. Uh, Bio Fever from New Directions. Oh, wow. 1978, I think. I love ambient music, and I think it's because of this record. Dig it. I, I love music that doesn't have to go anywhere. And this is one of my favorites. That's all you get. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> Just the way he sets that up, it like sets the tone for everything. Man. Yeah. That China does it's like it's it's playing a chord, you know? Like yes. a dissonance. Mm-hmm. Yes, it. yes. Yeah. And he's playing it like it's a piano. Almost, right. Which of course he was a great pianist, so that makes sense. <laughs> Do you play piano? <laughs> no. Do I, you? No. No. I can I don't play at all, but if you give me a a second to fool around, I can come up with something that sounds kind of mm. interesting. So people are always like, oh, that's really nice. What is that? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I, I know very basic theory, and I can I can construct some chords, but I can't really mm. I can't really play. <laughs> yeah, to hear him play piano and then play drums to me, it makes sense. It makes like, sense. Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah, he's just Absolutely. playing the drum set like a giant piano. I, I always feel bad when I, I always rant about how I love the later Jack and, like, the Peisty era kind of seventies ECM. Like I love it. It's killing. Like I totally love it. So nobody give me any, crap <laughs> but like you know, when, I, when I hear it, I'm like, wow, it's, it's like a different, it's like a different very much. So look at him. It's like, wow, man, here yes. playing these bright Peisty symbols and China. So it's, it's a yeah. different, and it, it's familiar to me. It all sounds like Jack still. Yeah. But, yeah. But uh, something changed some, somewhere with the sound where I, it started hitting me a little harder, you know? Yeah. Well, that takes us to your pick, uh, Syzygy. Syzygy? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Off Michael Brecker's first record. Yeah. This is a Throck classic. This came out in 87. Is that possible? Yeah. I feel like the session was like 86, maybe. It's right around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This might be one of the all-time greatest records, I think. Yeah. I would put it up there. It's it's, perfect. I mean, it's It's pretty amazing. He's playing his dick off. Excuse my... He's playing his ass off on this stuff, man. Seven second delay. <laughs> nah, I've heard some other Mike's podcast. Yeah. People talk about way worse stuff than I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that's how I feel, man. He's, hey, man, that's my guy, man. He's. So you know. did you hear this record when it was new, or did you just? Got I got it a couple years after it came out. We talked about this a little bit in my in the, mm-hmm. the, the Trump Candy podcast, but I got it a couple years later, and I was like, "Whoa, this is this is not what I'm used to hearing," and it, I just fell in love with it. What were you into before this? I mean, I was into stuff with like jazz drumming and stuff like that, but I, I was, you know, it, we're talking about the '80s, like late '80s. You know, I was super hard into like fusion stuff. Oh, that'd be yeah, you know? and also band. yeah, Electric Band, Holdsworth, and you know, Yellow Jackets, Dennis Chambers with Schofield, like like. Mm. But I also loved like all the stuff I heard growing up in my house, Miles and Oscar Peterson Trio and Herbie Record. I mean, all kinds of pop music, you know, stuff with Gad. But um, this was where I really. Cause I'd heard Jack on things, but this is when I, when I heard this, I was like, holy cow, yeah. you know? Hello. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my life. And it really just set me on like a, it hasn't ended. I'm just still like 
give me more. Like, yeah. What can I find next? Mm-hmm. You know? Is this a record you continue to pull out often? Um, yeah, on occasion, I don't overdo it, but I've listened to it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. Let's um, check it out. This is yeah. an interesting intro. all you need right there yeah the art of never resolving like just yeah, we, t- we talked about this on you know when we did the podcast it's like my me talking about jack it's like i always feel like there's this he's not repetitive like he he had like i said this before it's redundant but like like i'm repetitive <laughs> in talking about jack <laughs> but he has this way of playing that it's it's familiar and it's you know it's him, but he's not playing the same old stuff all the time. It's not like at all. He, he just has this way of always getting new out of the same uh, uh, way of playing. It's kind of the and opposite. It baffles me, you it's know. The opposite of the Gad Blakey effect. Yeah, like he, he doesn't have licks, but I almost can recognize. He probably him does more. in a way, but they don't sound as. It's very different. They don't mm. sound like they're the same licks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's and, crazy. And with that him. snare drum sound. That's just, what I mean. This, right. This, what is he? He's just going whap. It's, just like, <laughs> it's the biggest thing ever. And where he puts those accents, oh Tom gosh. hits, yeah. it's like... Or like a crash, it's like, whoa. It couldn't be more perfect, but at the same time, you never would do that. And it has that yeah. that heavy, it's so bouncy. Yes. It's like, whoa, it's dancing, yes. you know? Yep, yep, yep. We so gotta, strong. We got to give that another taste. Absolutely. Drum Closet, Nashville's full-line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street in Nashville, Tennessee, or call 615-383-8343, or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. For as intense and unexpected it is, I feel like he's easy to play with if you yeah. know what's going on. You know? I, 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 I would I would venture to say he's probably a lot of fun to play with. Like, I don't, he, he can, uh, he's listened to everything. He only comes steps up when when Brecker takes a breath or, or eases off a little bit. Yeah, like, there's something uh, you know, there's something about him playing with, with, with Mike. It's like, you know, Mike's so clean and and Jack so so loose with the time. Not it's, the time is strong, but the way he can play with it, it's mm-hmm. so playful. You that's know? that's one of the things that I've always admired about him is the groove is always so strong, but he doesn't have to be explicitly playing it. He it, it's beautiful how, like you yeah. said, he can just sort of play around it, but it's always so swinging in there. Yeah, that's such a yeah. challenging thing to do. And his left foot is not playing any rhythms; it's just sounds. It's and just he's, his left foot shit is so. It's Sorry amazing. for all the swearing. <laughs> his left foot stuff is so killing, man. Yeah. The sound, like, yeah. The, yeah. like, like, you know, like long tones, short things. It's, it's yeah, absolutely powerful, but like the touch is so together, yep. you know? 
he's he's I, I just freak out with him you know <laughs> he's incredible <laughs> man that snare drum sound i gotta chase that what the heck drums was he using in in 87 i think well, the, the photos yeah he's playing sonar Sonos. the photo the photo on the back of this record is a uh a light a sonar light kit but i'm not sure if that's the, mm. the kit he played on the record you know yeah. but um yeah man mm. special that's a great record you ever tried his signature drum heads, the black ones? I, I have. I've never tried them. I don't I've hate, played, I I don't hate them. They're a little a little drier than what I like, but but they sound cool, you know. What's up next? And also, man, that that album, that record record, like there's some of those tunes where he's just playing like like those ballads on cymbals. Oh, it's amazing. Sticks. Yeah. That stuff's like knocks me out, man. Yeah. He'll just play with on the yeah. cymbals with sticks. That's that 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 coloring artist touch thing mm -hmm. that's so And the time is strong but it doesn't feel like a pattern or boring it's, yeah it still dances yeah absolutely yep. yeah i think we'll get into it with with the keith jarrett trio track in a minute where it's i hearing that stuff as a 12 year old <laughs> i was like oh cool standards i need to learn some standards <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i bought the cds oh boy yeah I was like hmm, i don't hear a song here this is very unstandard yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll come back to that let's do um Let's say we did from Time on My Hands, 1990. Oh, this is me again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Schofield? Yeah, this is that, that, the first like quartet record with Lovano of Scos with um, Charlie Hayden and Jack. And then the next couple records had Bill Stewart. Um, the bass player changed. But um, yeah, I play this tune all the time in this band I have. It's just a, 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 a way to... It, to pretend I'm Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard not to want to try to play exactly like him. You know? So uh, we talked about this when we were just hanging out one time, but if you had to imitate Jack, like what, if you had to say, give me a caricature of Jack hmm. on the drums, like what would it be? That's a hard one to answer for me. It's, there's so many things. I mean, I know the stuff that hits me hard that I, and there's a lot of them, but for me, it's just that dancing quality with, with strong time, mm -hmm. um, we talked about all the kind of rolling yeah, the feeling that kind of Elvin has too. That Jack has this beautiful rolling way of playing around the time, and then there's some straight feels he plays that kind of have a little hint of a swing to them, like hinting at funky, but not like yes. overtly funk. Like it's like there's this I have backbeat's kind of like one of mine is is so is, like so that. is the my, one of mine too has yeah. a little hint of that. Um, that's some of my favorite stuff because it's like he plays upside down funk. Yeah, it's like that's the hi hat is the kick drum or yeah, something. Yeah, sometimes I don't. Yeah. Sometimes it, I. <laughs> yeah, I don't always. I don't always love it. I don't want to say anything bad about Jack. He's like my hero, but like sometimes it's like the best stuff I've ever heard. And sometimes I'm like, okay, that's that's a weird way to approach funk on this track. But but I kind of like it when it's not the more obvious kind of attempt at funk. Yeah, oh, I like of course. it when he's just doing his yeah. his thing. Yeah, you know? definitely. And who am I to say what his thing is, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> let's check out his thing on Let's See This is, did. to me, so this is kind of similar to some of that stuff I was talking about, the cymbals. I mean, he's playing a little more on this than some of the Brecker ballads where he's just playing sticks with cymbals. This kind of hints at that, though, that just like a lot of open cymbal time with little embellishments that are really amazing. And the snare drum sounds like... Mm. I'm glad we're all in agreement. It might be the best snare jump sound. Yeah, it's pretty maybe. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Like you said earlier, like you can listen to that for 24. I can listen to that all day. Oh, every day. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he plays around with that melody, you know. You know, I, I was I was thinking of, of of Roy Haynes a little bit because of the way he uses the hi hat. He's not playing it on two and four. Mm-hmm. A couple times he uses it just as a little commentary. Or one which, and three. A yeah, times. sometimes, yeah. And yeah. it's similar to Roy in some ways, you know. Sure. The use of it. Yeah, no, totally I agree. Different I totally agree. That's that's killing. So much space. I mean, yep. every that's so dry. I think that's simple, super dry. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, it's like you can you can walk through the Yeah. You can drive a bus through there. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Patience and, yes. and, and like maturity. You know, absolutely active, like we talked about with Roy, but without getting in the way of anything. It's like in in art too, like the little commentary. Sure. It's like you know, there's it's it's like it's it's almost like they're reading a, ch- a part. You know, they're like it's already you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. But to do that spontaneously, that's such a high level of of artistry. You know, I wish yeah. I knew how many takes they did of this stuff. I bet it's not very many. Not very many. I wouldn't say. Like I always hope in my like. <laughs> Greed for I uh, want more. Yeah, right. like I hope like some of these like how like in the nineties these Blue Note CDs would come out with all these alternate takes. Like I'm hoping eventually, like there's a get bunch all, of alternate. Yeah, we get all these <laughs> records with Jack with all like two ver- two different versions of Scissor G and like be. you know I want to hear all of it. Yeah, <laughs> please someone help me out. Yeah, I'd love to hear a couple more of that too. Well, I've got one you might not want to hear more than once, but here we go. So, first time I ever heard Jack was in 1993. He put out a record called Music for the Fifth World. The one with Will Calhoun on The it. only reason I got it is because <laughs> I was a Will Calhoun freak. Wow. Yeah, I love those first couple of Living Color records, too. Yeah. Change, yeah. I mean, I, I literally became a... When I saw Cult of Personality on MTV, I decided that day I'm going to become a drummer. I remember that. I yeah. remember seeing that. I, I thought that, that stuff was great, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought anything he did. He didn't do much outside the band. So I was like, oh, cool. He's playing on this record. Let me check it out. So this is one of the only tracks where they're both playing simultaneously and you can kind of hear what they're doing. It's still pretty, pretty badass in my opinion. But here it is. This is the track called Miles. interesting yeah yeah i mean i couldn't even find this this is one of those cds i unfortunately recycled yeah but hearing the hi-hat stuff was to me was like oh will got all that weird hi-hat stuff from jack you can hear it because they're they're like trading these strange like opening on the downbeat kind of stuff it's weird yeah but i love this record for the reason that i became instantly because i didn't know what to expect yeah i bought this record when it came out and i, I didn't I kind of didn't get it at the yeah, time. Yeah, and, so and then weird. I think I, I may have returned it. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> um, but I will say, about a year or two or three ago, <clears throat> my friend John Zook, who lives in Dallas, he has this company called Dallas Drums. He there's this record store he goes to sometimes. He'll call me and like, oh, yeah. hey, should I buy this? Should I buy that? I'm like, no, put that back. Get that. You know. <laughs> but then he'll say to me, "Do you have? You know, do you have this?" I'm like, no, grab that for me. So this one day. Somebody must have traded in like all their Jack Dijonet stuff. I think, man, they have all these like Dijonet like 80s and 90s records, you know, yeah. like a lot of the bands with like Greg Osby and Lonnie Plexico and, yeah. and Gary Thomas and Michael Caine. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, just grab like all the ones I didn't have. Yeah. I was like, yeah, send me all of those. <laughs> I sent him like 150 bucks and I got all these ones. And, and, and it's not my favorite bands, but, but, um, I think that's the, one of the only ones from that era I still don't have a physical mm. copy of. But if I bought it, I would buy it on principle just because I love Jack so much. There's you some know. interesting stuff on there. The opening track is just 
balls to the wall. Like Vernon Reed is just Kind of Vernon's noise. on it and Schofield's on it yeah. too. Yeah, oh, wow. I mean, they're just hit going straight for the jugular from the get. And then there's like some African chanting kind of stuff on yeah. there. It's a for again, it, it kind of set the tone like, oh, you can do all this stuff on well, one record. I feel like Jack's really <laughs> yeah. like he's not afraid to do anything. You know, he, definitely he not. goes for stuff. Yeah. Let me bring in two rock stars. So yeah, that was music for the fifth world. I don't know if it's in print. I found it on YouTube. I don't think any of the old, you know, any of that stuff's in print anymore. But it may exist somewhere. I met Will Calhoun the very first time I played at the Blue Note in New York. He was there. Nice. <laughs> he was a very nice guy. Very nice. I met him briefly at a at a Yamaha drums hang in New York. Yeah, he was there with Horace Arnold. Oh wow! I love and Horace. I, and I just said hello. I told him I loved Living Color real quick, and that yeah. was it. But he's a nice cat. Yeah. He was the other Tony guys outside that Jack was one of the only drum solos to ever make me like give a standing ovation. Literally, Will Calhoun was one too. Really? Wow. First time I saw him do the wave drum thing where he oh, would improvise yeah. on that and then set up a loop and then just go rip the drums apart. Wow. Like, I want to do that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Nice. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, like those, those early Living Color records knocked me out, man. When they oh, came yeah. out. And all my friends that played too, we, were, we loved that stuff. Yep. Well, we have a few left. Let's do, um, I think we'll end with the um, Keith Jarrett trio. So we've got, let's go, we'll stay in the 90s. Lost Nations. This Ooh. is your, your third, third this pick. Yeah, this yeah. is off of a, this yeah. Joe Lovano record called Universal Language. Universal Language. It's kind of a weird little record. I don't know this record very well. Um, it's good. It's cool, man. It's it's weird. There's two bass players on it. Mm. Um, and. Joe's wife sings on it and his trumpet and a bunch of stuff. It, it's, it's, um, but it's a, there's a lot of Jack playing in the, the era that I really freak out about, you know? <clears throat> and this is a little weird little tune. It's got some odd times and, and Jack's just plays all over this track <laughs> and it's really cool. From 1992. Some bad stuff. He played like you wrote it. You know? Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> All the I haven't, I haven't listened to that in a long time. We talked about playing this tune and this quartet. I have, but we, we rehearsed it once. Like we never, we, that band's never actually rehearsed. But we, <laughs> and it's like a setting up for a gig. We tried it for a second. I was like, let's wait on it till we can play it. Play yeah. it. It's like this bar seven and a bar five, bar five and then yeah. it's like there's kind of like these two parts there's like the vamp and there's like this little melody yeah you know and that's kind of it and it's just what they do with it but yeah. jack just so that's plays. two bases not someone playing double stops it, the, or is that it, they i can't remember now that i'm hearing it but like sometimes the bases don't play together and somebody will play yeah. uh, you know like some other stuff so it, that could be just one guy playing playing that i know, thought i thought it was part. just one i think so too yeah that was my guess you know the one the one track i almost picked was from that chris potter record I, I'm unspoken like, yeah oh. where they do 7 11 mm -hmm. yeah That's, yeah he I plays about he that plays record. so great on yeah that. same era you know yep. i bought that one at a used record shop and i, it, I wore i wore the cd out yeah that's a great that's band. a good one Sco and dave holland yep he wow. plays great i was gonna that. say this reminds me of the dave holland group from like 10 years after this Oh yeah, the early two oh, thousand. Yeah. Sure. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. I can hear that. Sure. Crazy. I still think he's the most modern of modern. But I hear you, Jack. You're saying, mm -hmm. yeah, Jack's. Yeah. yeah. 
Let's go with um, you've got Museum of Time live in Chicago at the Chicago oh, Jazz yeah. Festival, 2013. Oh, that ECM record. Yeah, yeah, made, yeah, yeah. made in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, I was so excited when when I saw this record was going to come out because I'd always wanted to hear Jack play with those guys: Roscoe Mitchell, Henry Threadgill, Moo Hall. Larry Gray. I mean, these are all master Chicago and musicians in the avant-garde world. Larry Gray kind of does a little of both, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I'd never really heard him play with those guys in this sort of setting. So when I, when I saw it was coming out, I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" You know, and it's a, I, I I like it. I think it's a really good record. Yeah. And there were a bunch of different. There were I think three different clips I was trying to choose from. I went with this because going back to. Uh, what we were talking about about his his sort of his sort of conception of playing different sort of funk type grooves. This is sort of a classic Jack straight eighth. It kind of swings, it kind of doesn't. There's kind of a backbeat. There isn't a backbeat, but it's it's him. And to hear him play like this with these guys yeah. was just like that's a, it's like this incredible meeting of these like maniacs. You know, <laughs> yes, it's really great. So. Did he not do records with these guys before? For some reason, I think he was involved in the Chicago scene, I guess. Well, not. he was. I mean, he played with them, but there's really not young, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when he was younger. Oh, okay. You know, he, these, like, like, Muhal was like a mentor for him. So it's very interesting. You know, it's a very cool sort of. How did they book this? Was it booked as like featuring Jack DeJohnette or? I think it was like for that festival they did it. It was especially like it was recorded in Grand Park right downtown and it was definitely like one of the headlining. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they, I don't know if they build it as, the record is under Jack's name. It's probably Jack DeJohnette and those guys. Yes, something um, like that. I can't, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know this record at all. So as soon as we end here, I'm going to put it on <laughs> repeat. Yeah, it is bad. It's, it's reminding me. I bought this record as soon as it came out. It's reminding me to go back and like check it out some more. There's some really good moments think, on it. Like six months ago, so I listened to it one night and, and I enjoyed it. I need to get deeper into it. It's just you know, usually, usually this is just me. Usually, I I, I don't like when guys turn the snares mm-hmm. off and just sort of play without this. But when he does it, it's I love it. When he, it's yeah. amazing. It sounds mm. so good. You know. But just the groove and the and the little commentary that he's sort of adding, you know, here and there. It's kind of like similar to what he's playing on the track we just did before, just slower. Just slower, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the same, you know, same zone. Yeah, this is such a beautiful sense of, as we've said, space, mm-hmm. groove, and then just sort of enhancing, you know, coloring because it it's sort of a collective improvising thing on that. And he's he's adding just enough, just a I, little I, here I think and there. Too, like, you know, when you're young and trying to play, like you think a lot about, okay, I'm either playing time. Right. Or I'm taking a solo. Exactly. And all these master players can do do it all. But Jack, there's like all you know, it's about the other stuff a lot of times for me. It's like it's 
it's not just the time playing or the soloing. It's just how he just gets in there and, and, and has the conversation. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the feel shifts and, and, and he's so strong at that, you know, absolutely. Just, just, you know, the conversational element of yep. playing, you know, it's, it's really very highly developed sense of, of musicality. Mm-hmm. And also like the more you develop it, for yourself, yes. The more fun playing gets. Oh, absolutely! You're like, mm-hmm. man, I can get into all this little stuff. Yep. And, or and I could do this, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know. And when you find someone that speaks your language, absolutely, like, man, we can ride this thing forever. Absolutely. You know, the crowd might not always want to hear it forever, but you know, <laughs> I'd love that it's not always a story. It's more like an event. Like they just played a, a, an event, and then they're going to go to another event. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's an interesting. You, and you know, if yeah. you saw that same band another night, totally different. It could be wildly different. Yeah, right. You know, well, at the end of this record, the people want an encore, and so they just improvise something. <laughs> yeah, they call it ten minutes. But Jack's on the mic. He's like, okay. Talks, yeah. He's like, yeah. Well, uh, all right. We'll just improvise something, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. We but just like took you it said, to the fifth dimension. But let's come on back. And I mean, how great would it be to see this band five nights in a row? Yeah. Because every night would be an event. You get the box set, and it's like totally, totally different. different worlds. Yeah, that's like when I listen to this record, I fantasize about like, gosh, I, I, to hear them three nights in a row. Mm. You know, because each night it's going to be different. It's going to be yeah. What's the first note? You know, like exactly. Who's going to take the first? Who's going to start this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of beautiful moments like this on the on that record where they're playing tunes. Like Museum of Time is Jack's tune, but they all contribute, mm. and it's very interesting. You know how they how they kind of deal with the tunes. It's not totally free. Like there are there's some structure. You know, yeah. which is cool. Well, we're going to wrap it up with what I think is. In most people's mind, a definitive Jack DeJunet group, which is Keith Jarrett Trio. Um, and you picked Bench a Swing from the album The Cure. I don't know what year this is because I had to grab it on uh, Apple Music. It, I, I think throw. it's around like, I want to say it's around like 90-ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, give or take. I, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm not you sure. Know. So this band, like I said earlier, was me trying to understand what it means to play standards (laughs) years and years. But it quickly became my favorite music because it was such a riddle. Like, what are they hearing? What are they doing? Why is this guy grunting? Like, what is happening? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it became so deeply personal. Yeah. I still don't ever like listen to these records to think, let me hear some tunes. It's like, let me hear oh, these three guys. Yeah, go. let me hear these guys do what they do. <laughs> you know, I don't care what the tune is. I probably wouldn't even notice the bench was swing if we didn't get to the head. The, yeah. The, like four minutes in when he sure. actually plays the head. I, but that's what I like about this band is, is I've said this before to people about this group, like they could play Mary Had a Little Lamb. It wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like the Keith Jarrett trio. Right. Yeah. You know, there's one record they play a Christmas song. Yeah, like I forget what they, which one oh, they do. Yeah. Like Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, that's that's I think that's what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like once they get past that melody, it's like okay, Keith Jarrett trio. But know? I think I think that's uh, you're totally right. I think that's true for all great musicians. The, the tune almost doesn't matter. I mean, that was true with Louis Armstrong. Mm. It's true with Dexter Gort. Like you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what the tune is because it's going to be well, them. Th- yeah, you're right. I mean, we I talk about this with friends a lot. Sometimes what's lacking with a lot of groups is. There's just no material. Like everybody can play, but like, what, what are you playing? Right. But this band, I feel like they, they can play anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, like the records that are totally free. We've yep. talked about recently. Um, yeah. There's something really, really amazing about it, and this sure. is particularly frightening. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read up on it enough, but did they ever talk about the tunes before they play them, or just? Keith I, I, I've, no, I've heard them. I've heard a little bit of interviews with Jack and Gary where they say that he may suggest or and again it's only what i heard from some clips but they'll say you know sometimes they'll he'll suggest a certain way to to play you know a section or something like that but i think it's when just, they start playing just yeah. what happens happens you know yeah because every time i put on these records i'm like i don't know what tune this is how the hell do they know what tune it is <laughs> and then they go right into it i'm like how, how okay cool yeah. let's go for it so what did why why this track um you know, I was thinking for stuff where Jack's just playing some amazing stuff that just hits me so hard. I mean, I love Monk, obviously, you know, and, and, uh, I love Keith. I love Jack. It's just, they get into some nasty little stuff, I think, from what I picked. And then, then they, they lay out and Jack starts to play a little bit over the form, mm-hmm. you know? All right. Check it out. This is six minutes and 10 seconds in 
to bench a swing off of the cure. Yeah, that's that's some phrasing for you right there, man. That's beautiful, man. Man, I'm speechless. Like yeah, when you it. said when you try to cut, like I try to play like that sometimes. I mean, I don't have it like that, but like I'm, I want to get that, get to that somehow. Yeah, you know, it's a different. It's so melodic, but it's not like melodic as playing melodies on the drums. It's a different. There's it's a something different. else happening mm-hmm. there because well, he's his, just playing ride cymbal and snare drum. His, yeah. his, his phrasing is just it's that's that unique personal thing that's just so special with him. Yeah, you know? and the sound. Oh yeah. my goodness! You know, with a piano trio, and you know, almost <laughs> yes, you know, it's, almost all these records are live records too. Yeah, I mean, it's usually always nice sonar drums with like usually factory heads, but like it's. It's always sounds like incredible, amazing yeah. sound. Yeah, you know, he brings his heavy cymbals and you know, <laughs> man, that left foot stuff. Yep, man, I, I'm in heaven right now with that. And you got to go play a gig, so you're gonna play like Dijonette all night. Yeah, pro- probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wha- it. I, they call me Whack Dijonette. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. Again, I think just like last time, you can almost. I think with Jackie, you just have to be willing to take a journey. Where I think with Blakey, you're going to get a lesson in swing and soul. And I think with Jack, it's like, you'd be willing to go on a journey because he's going to take absolutely. you. He's going to take you somewhere. Oh, absolutely, man. But when it's time to lay the time you down, do man, it. like his symbol thing is, he's, he's you know, I love the way he plays the, 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 the ride symbol. Beat, Me too. Man. Yeah. And then art can take you on a journey too sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. <laughs> different. Yeah. Very different personalities, which is what makes it so great. All right. Well, I have no idea where we're going to go next time, but thank you, guys. Thank you, man. man. It's a ball. That is it for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed that slight diversion from our typical drum candy format here. This is our third in the 10 Reasons to Love series. If you like this concept, please let us know, and we will keep doing it. Head over to iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or wherever you're checking this show out. Drop us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think. See you next week. Bye.